0: Welcome to Overflow, the podcast exploring what is and is not inherently visible about those who build with Webflow. I'm Matthew Munger from the Webflow community team, and in each episode, we highlight the unique perspectives, passions, and experiences that fuel the creative mind of our guest. From London in the United Kingdom, we're joined by digital experience designer Joseph Berry. Joseph is a multi-skilled, award-winning designer and educator who loves to set the mood from lighting and music in his workspace all the way through his builds. In this episode, we discuss how sports and physical activities are important for mental health, his focus on the full end-to-end design process, and how it's really a marathon where practice makes improvement. Featuring Joseph Berry. This is Overflow. Hey, Joseph, thank you for joining me today.
1: Hi, Matthew. It's good to be on the show. Thank you.
0: It's my pleasure. Let's get started by learning a little bit more about you and who you are. So my name is Joseph Berry.
1: I have been in the industry for over a decade plus Predominantly, I've been working in a range of different agencies, some small, some large, some well-known, and I've been super fortunate to work across a wide range of global brands. But I got to the point where agency life was getting a little bit too much, and I think anyone that's obviously freelance can feel that pain sometimes being a contract worker. So I'm now currently a freelancer, and I've been freelancing now for about two and a half years so that's pretty much it.
0: And you said you're located in London, correct? What do yeah. you like about living there?
1: Yeah, I mean, this is obviously where I was kind of born. I was born in a place called Essex, which is just slightly outside of London. I've really experienced a lot of London, and it's just an amazing place for everything culturally, architecturally, inspiration, different areas, different vibes, different personalities and i'd say the best city in the world yeah maybe that's a bit biased but if there was areas or places that i would recommend shoreditch or liverpool street around that it's very kind of urban hip lots of graffiti it's got a little bit more of a grungy vibe but it balances perfectly in its environment the south bank that goes along the river and then along that river is just some amazing architecture amazing buildings there's lots of design museums there's theaters there's the Tate Modern. And then you also get a beautiful perspective of the other side of London, seeing buildings like St. Paul's Cathedral, Parliament, um, all of the amazing architecture you get to see from a completely different perspective. Then there's another place, which is South Kensington. This would be probably the more upmarket area where obviously a lot of the money is, but South Kensington in itself is because again, beautiful architecture, complete different kind of change in the environment. I would say it'd be that traditional classic London vibe People that haven't been to London, that's kind of that picturesque London stylistic side that I think that they would probably anticipate as what London would look like. There's the Victoria and Albert Museum, there's the Natural History Museum, there's the Science Museum, and again, they're all free. And that's another great thing about the museums in London, pretty much all of them are free. So there's so much to see and do from that point of view as well. Hmm. There's just an energy and a buzz about London that when you go up there, you kind of feel alive. I've been going into London for like 15, 20 years of my life. And if you just take a little street and you walk down a different way or you go to a different area, you see things that you've never seen before. And London's like this little treasure chest. There's little nooks and crannies. There's little areas, there's little turnways. You have to explore. And that, for me, is the most exciting thing when you go into London. What does your workspace look like?
0: If I was going to kind of sit in your chair right now, what would I see?
1: i've got a big massive long desk with two screens two lamp shades at the sides i have a color led strip around the back of the table to kind of create a little bit of a vibe i've got a kind of drawer to the side here i've got a chair and a little table behind with a picture on there was some pictures on the wall but i actually had to come down i guess just minimal and clean as you would probably yeah. expect from most designers everything for me is all about mood Mm. So Mm. I don't like working in bright lights. I'm all about the mood lighting. I like things Mm. that set a mood and I like to kind of sink into that. Do you also listen to anything while you work? Oh, yeah. For me, music has to always be on. I do have like ADHD. so I feel like Mm. some form of, it's always like chill or ambient or something that gets you in this kind of monotonous flow of being able just to kind of have the music where it's not distracting. But it's also encouraging me to focus, where I feel like when it's silent, I start to hear my brain too much. So music for me is a massive part of how I work. It doesn't have to be like super loud. Sometimes I like it loud. Again, I change. But most of the time, it's just a nice level and keeping me going. Do you have any interesting objects around you with maybe a story? The AW Awards site of the day for the Goonies site that I did. That was my first site of the day on AAW Awards. And it was some sort of defining moment for me yeah. because it really sprung me into the public eye. And even to this day, the requests I get, that site is still being picked out mm. as being like, I saw this site, I just love it. Like I it resonated with me. I love the film or I just yeah. love what you did. And that's just always coming back to me. So I think that would be the one object that would really signify a lot for me. Do you have any hobbies or
0: interests, things you like to
1: do with your Throughout pretty much all of my young adult to adult life, I've always been active in sports. Previously for like 20 years, I played ice hockey, which I know is pretty strange for someone from the UK. I've played football, tennis, basketball, rugby. I've just always been a very kind of sporty person. But currently, I'm actually doing boxing for physical, health, mental, and getting in shape. And again, it's another sport that I really enjoy. I know it's a little bit rough, but it offers a lot for so many different aspects. I think I got to a point where I was just sitting on a computer for like two years and I did nothing. Mm. And I was just kind of wasting away. My body was just kind of like out of shape. Yeah, I was kind of getting a bit monotonous in my routine. So I always find sport or some activity a really great way to outlet, to change your mindset, to refresh you. And then, yeah, I just started doing boxing. And now it's like a rigorous part of my routine that and trying to eat healthy and keep myself in good shape. What do you
0: think is something that would surprise people to learn?
1: I mean, it would probably go back to the ice hockey, because I think that's not very typical for someone from England to play. And for the period of time that I played ice hockey for. So I actually watched the Mighty Ducks when I was nine. And I was like, Dad, I don't want to play football. I want to (laughs) play ice hockey. And he was like, okay, cool. Then I played ice hockey for 20 years of my life. So that would probably be the most surprising thing about me. But in terms of what everyone else knows, everything was pre-planned out. I knew exactly what I wanted to do when I was at school. I knew where I was going to go. Fortunate in that sense, because some people find it difficult to kind of define what they want to do and be. Obviously, the key end goal was I didn't know that I'd be in this space, but that's part of the journey, I guess.
0: What is your role and how do you describe what you do kind of day to day? I classify myself
1: as an experience designer because I am able to do the full end-to-end process and where I can really create a brand and an experience based on the requirements that you need. So I'm very versatile in working in many different areas, whether it be logo, branding, art direction, creative direction, websites, product... <laughs> Animation and interaction over my time that I've spent in this industry, which is, you know, probably 15 years since college, uni. I've been always keen to pick up new skills, learn new skills, not master skills, because I don't believe in the term of mastering a skill. Most people say practice makes perfect. Well, no, practice makes improvement. And that's something that really resonated with me. You never really truly become a master in something because, especially in our field, everything's ever changing, ever evolving. You mentioned earlier that you kind of knew what you wanted to do. Is that so? Like, how did that kind of come? I did a BA honors in graphic design. I was heavily focused in, you know, more print based environment space. Hmm. And then when I started looking at the market to get a job, I found it extremely difficult to get into a print job because everyone that was in print was already established, already had all of the skills and the experience, it was just a nightmare, to be honest. Um, so I had to make a change and, and I took a little sidestep and went into the digital side and then that was it. That was the springboard where I fully went into the digital, started off knowing absolutely nothing, but then obviously just carried on persevering and got to the point where I'm at now. I would say I've been a slow burner and I actually quite like that approach. I believe that there is no true quick way to success. So I've always been someone that understands that it's going to take time. For me, it's just always about creating good work and always pushing out great work and inspiring and educating other peers in my group. And that's something that I will continue to do. The bigger picture is creating my own little agency or studio or building a team around me, which I am kind of in a smaller process of doing that, but I still kind of consider myself as a solo. I'm always open to greater things, but I'm also in a space where I'm very happy with where I am and what I'm doing. And again... I will let time decide and define where that takes me Mm because I can still be very Mm -hmm. comfortable doing what I'm doing right now five, ten years down the line. What excites you and motivates you about what you're doing? As I said, I'm always trying to look at projects that are going to offer me something that I've not potentially done or something that's different, something that I find interesting. And I'm a massive believer of doing things that you're not well-versed in because that's the only way that you're really going to get better. And it might not be your best work. And remember, it doesn't always have to be your best work because as long as the client's happy, that's all that really matters in the grand scheme of things. That's why I believe in trying different things and exploring new welts because that really motivates me. The other thing is following the people that you admire or you're inspired to or the work that you love or the work that engages you. And it doesn't necessarily have to be digital work could be any form of art, yeah. graphics, print, photography, architecture, anything that gives me that energy or appeals to my stylistic taste can add as a motivation. That then gives me the motivation to springboard into why I would maybe take an influence from something like that.
0: What do you think is a resource that more people in the community should know about?
1: it would be a book. I've preached about this book many times. The book is HTML and CSS by John Duckett. But this book was like a revelation to me where I actually realized, oh, like that's how it works. And it just really made me fully understand HTML and CSS. But then what it also enabled me to do is that when I picked up Webflow, I was like, oh, I get this. And so I would say anyone that's in that beginning journey, I would highly recommend to just pick that book up, learn HTML and CSS. And then when you jump into Webflow, you're going to automatically feel more in tune and more comfortable with the parameters that you're using. And I think that's probably the biggest roadblock for most people when they jump into Webflow. So, yeah, that would be the thing and the resource that I would recommend. It's an amazing book.
0: Who in the Webflow community inspires
1: you? There's so many people out there that I think inspire me, so it'd be difficult to name them all. First name that obviously comes to mind, Timothy Ricks, always at the top of my list just because of how he's really took an avenue on teaching more advanced techniques, Mm -hmm. code, and libraries in Webflow. I don't think there's anyone better than that. Obviously, JP, who was one of the original guys that worked at Webflow. Again, Mm. another solid guy. Alex Turgis. He has the Tambien Studio. They've been doing some really great work that have been inspiring me. Jonathan Morin, he's another kind of close friend of mine. We chat regularly, but again, the work that he does is always super inspiring. Rufficus, the agency. Leo, I think is the CEO or founder. We've spoken and love what they're doing. I love the kind Mm -hmm. of impact they're creating. And then I think there's another side. So obviously there's like creative side. And as I said, like there's loads of people apologies for anyone that I haven't mentioned, but then there's the community side. There's people that work in the community that do really great work. Obviously the guys from the flow party, people like Melissa Mendes. We have Claudia who also does really good work, Josh, and even guys like Dan Relu and, them guys as well. I know they're also doing really great stuff from an inspiration point of view, as well as a community point of view, which I find super inspiring. Jack Radley is also doing some really good things. Keith is another name. Oh, Isabel Edwards, she's mm-hmm. been really good. I know she put together a great event in Manchester. You know, all of these people, and as I said, there's more for me to say, and I yeah. do notice these people. There's just a plethora of great people mm. all trying to inspire, engage and support and help.
0: What is some advice that you would like to share with others in the community?
1: Things are going to take time. It's a marathon, not a sprint. Take things bit by bit, Try not to do everything at once. I think we get wrapped up in the shiny tools. And what that does is it actually stops you focusing on what's the priorities. Mm. And the priorities will always be your craft, your skills your output yeah. and what's really going to make you better is looking at them fundamentals, you know, typography, layout, color, composition, yeah. imagery. You know, they're the things that I would say to people, focus on that. Don't worry about new features. My biggest thing, as I said, practice doesn't make perfect. Practice makes improvement. So always remember that. And then my other favorite advice or saying is about the jack of all trades, master of none, but sometimes greater than a master of one, which is the final mm-hmm. saying to that saying. And I think being a well-versed designer is not being singular in your approach. It's mm-hmm. about being multi-skilled. If you want to work in the industry, you're definitely going to have to be multi faceted You can't just be, I just want to do design. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're going to have <laughs> to be a little bit more than that to really evolve. I mean, you look at any creative director or any art director or anyone in a higher suite seat level, they've got a very good knowledge across many different touch points. So yeah, try not to be a master of one. Just add to that as another piece of advice that I would give is if you just go straight into freelancing, you're going to find just so many headaches because you've never experienced all of the things that you've got to do. And my goal was to work in an agency, learn my stars and stripes, get to a level where I actually knew how the engine worked. And then I'm like, right, now I can go and freelance. I've presented to clients. I've dealt with clients. I've managed feedback. I've r- wrote them proposals. I've seen how they create estimates. You're now well-versed in that. You understand that. So for people that go, oh, I want to freelance. Yeah, look, I'm not saying you can't, but I'm saying you're going to probably learn the hard way a lot of times. It will be more of a struggle to be in a better position. And I think, yeah, trying to get a little bit more experience under your belt is going to make a smoother transition into that freelance setup.
0: How can others in the community reach out and connect with you?
1: Predominantly, I'm on Twitter. My handle is at josephberry88. I am on Instagram. That's joseph underscore berry underscore design. I do obviously have a Webflow profile. If you type in my name, you'll probably come up Joseph Berry Webflow and you'll see my profile there, which is all of my work. They're really the main spots. I am on LinkedIn. Again, obviously it'd be under my name, Joseph Berry, but I predominantly use Twitter as my main area to discuss, have conversations, talk about stuff, inspire, engage, all of that kind of jazz. And yeah, that's pretty much it.
0: This was an Overflow episode with Joseph Berry produced by the Webflow community team, edited by Mia Miller, with music by Joseph McDade. To learn more about the Webflow community, please visit webflow.com community. I've been your host, Matthew Munger. Thanks for listening.